Yorta everybody, welcome back to another fascinating episode of Music, Movies and Madness. I'm your oh. host Glenn and tonight we've got Ian and Martin and David joining me um, for a look back at 1997. So starting off tonight with the movies, um, we'll, we'll go straight to Martin. Um, so I've gone with um, a classic. It's a, It's an action movie does have some rather fabulous dialogue in it. Put the bunny back in the box. Put the bunny back in the box. Put the bunny back in the box. Not ringing oh. any bells. Looney oh Tunes? No. We, sh- we should know this. I do. It, it sounds very familiar. Have a listen to the voice. Oh. Okay. All right. And, and the voice. Go again. Just a touch of big mullet to the voice. All right. Put the bunny back in the box. No. 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 Oh, my Lord. I'm I'm stumped. Shoot shoot the bunny. Tell us what it was. It was Conair with Nicolas Cage. Oh, Nicolas Cage. And his daughter has the bunny rabbit, the stuffed bunny that he's taken to his daughter because he's got out of the joint after so many years. (laughs) And he's got a stuffed bunny. And the stuffed bunny survives the whole movie. But like, unlike the three hundred convicts that are on the plane with him, that's right. Who he subtly gives a bit, a bit of a smack into as the movie goes on. Um, yeah, Conair. The reason I've given it, I've chosen Conair, is it's just lunacy. It's just very, very silly. Um, it's kind of diehard, diehard on some more testosterone and steroids, really. Um, and um, yeah, it's got a great cast though. John Malkovich is the the main villain, mm. uh, and he's a, he and he can act a great villain. He does a brilliant villain, right? Um, I haven't I have never seen it. I'm just looking on Google yeah. at it. Oh, I remember seeing <laughs> yeah. it when it came out in the theaters. It was okay. Yeah. I mean, Nicolas Cage is a, an interesting one as an action. He's got, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> he's got long he's got long hair in it. He looks super. I told gay. you how the mullet. <laughs> yeah. right. It's got the mullet yeah. of mullets and it's oh, got the and it's not just a mullet, it's a permed mullet, which makes it like twice as bad. <laughs> Does Nicolas Cage ever turn down a role? No, no. He's one uh, of those guys that accepts everything, eh? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. He probably has Mainly because he went bankrupt. <laughs> 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 and owes like millions. And he's still paying that off, basically. Did he really? So oh. Think, oh, yeah, gosh. he did, yeah. He went oh. way bankrupt. Um, and so yeah, he, he would accept pretty much anything, you know. He'll, he'll act for food. Nicholas, <laughs> 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 if you're listening Fabulous. to this, um, overact for, for food. I'm sorry, yeah. well, that's what um, acting is, isn't it? I mean, you do have to literally. perform to get food. Just, yeah, it's a job. In your early days, you've got to get up the ladder. Yeah. Well, so, he, but even now he's like kind of famous and he's still got lots of movies and they're not all he's good must be movies yeah and yeah, he's, still, yeah. he's still shit yeah <laughs> i'm still broke i'm still broke <laughs> give it up nicholas jesus what does nicholas spend his money on comics <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. not even kidding. Like largely, I mean, he owns like an, he owns like an issue one of, of Superman and stuff. So, you know, he spent like you know three million dollars on it or something stupid. But all right, you know. all right. okay, no wonder he's broke. Yeah, that's why he's broke. That'll do it. Comics kids, so, 
there's a warning for you there. So what is the basic premise of this film? It doesn't really have one. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, basically, he, he starts off the movie uh, and it's, at a, it's set in a bar at the beginning of the movie and he's like an ex-Marine because he's a really tough mullet dude um, and gets in a fight with a guy who basically tries to um, put the moves on his wife, I think it is. And um, he, he basically steps in, tries to protect her and ends up basically practically ripping the guy's head off <laughs> and gets sent down. He ends up going to prison for it. Um, and um, at some point, uh, there's a prisoner transfer of like 50 of the most dangerous cons in, in the in the, all of the prisons. Oh, um, and they no, stick them they all, bring on, them one all plane, together. Oh, on one plane. Yeah. That can't go well. Can't go well. That's, and it does. That's a great idea, though, isn't it? Yeah, Let's do them all in one hit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, including the one uh, brilliantly played by Steve Buscemi, who's who's like the uh, yeah. cannibal, like Hannibal Lecter type one with like the cuffs and like in the you know in the chair with like the, the restraints and, and the muzzle and everything. Um, is, it has, spo- is it a spoof movie? Kind of, yeah. It's very tongue in cheek. Oh, right. I'm oh, like right. That. Um, okay. Definitely don't go in taking it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's very, very silly. It's got some great stunts in it, though, some brilliant stuff, including one point where they end up towing a Cadillac out the back of the plane and smashing through buildings with this car. <laughs> it's just quite, it, it makes Fast and the Furious look kind of, you know, sort of serious. <laughs> it's, it's pretty... Slow and not so furious. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Slow and timid, yeah. <laughs> Slow and timid. Uh, uh, actually, that would be a great. That would be a name of a spoof movie. Slow and timid. Yeah, I'm down for that. <laughs> I've met a few people like that yeah. in my life. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a very very silly movie, but if you leave your brain at the door, it's good entertainment for an hour and a half. Um, as much of those kind of of that period in time, the action movies that were kind of coming out, you know, you had your face offs and yeah, Bad all boys. of those kind of oh, things, right? Bad boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad boys and all of that. Bad yeah. So, boys, yeah. <clears throat> and you found I think they were all made by the same studio, which was called Touchstone. Yeah, was the name of the studio. Oh, totally. And guess Disney. who owns Touchstone? Yeah, Disney. Disney. <laughs> it was so Disney. Disney were cranking out all of these like yeah seriously violent yeah. like action movies at the time. It was Disney's um tough tough studio, wasn't it? Yeah, it was supposed yeah. to be like the grown up studio. Yeah, mm. yeah. PG thirteen. Yeah. It must be worthy of just having a look at that, just to see the mullet, really. The mu- yeah, yeah, and there's loads of those great, like, Michael Bay-type slow-mo shots mm. where the mullet is just in full flow, <laughs> you know, spreading out in widescreen across the screen. It's, it's wow. glorious. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Okay, we've got... So go. go watch Conair. Go watch Conair. Yeah. Conair, the movie that makes Fast and Furious the slow and timid. Who knew? <laughs> uh, yeah, take take that millennials all right david what have you packed for us tonight all right so i went for something kind of at the other end of the spectrum a little bit more serious than conair um this film was nominated for nine academy awards the following year it it won two of those uh it won and and in fact um Interestingly enough, best screenplay was was one of those awards, um, and it's perhaps the 
the YouTube clip um, for the Jokers that go up there and receive the award. It's best known for that particular clip because they never expected to win it. But the one I'm going to play you is the other award that it won because I think this is totally um, underrated and I think you'll uh, I think you'll agree with me. Have a listen to this. And the Oscar goes to Robin Williams and Goodwill Hunting. Robin Williams has previously been nominated three times. This is his first Academy Award. Thank you. Oh, man. This might be the one time I'm speechless. Oh, uh, thank you so much for this incredible honor. Thank you for putting me in a category with these four extraordinary men. Thank you, Ben and Matt. I still want to see some ID. <laughs> Thank you, Gus Van Zandt, for being so subtle you're almost subliminal. <laughs> I want to thank the cast and crew, especially the people of South Boston. You're a can of corn, you're the best. I, uh, I want to thank the Mishpuka Weinstein, <laughs> Muzzletoff, and uh, I want to thank Marsha for being the woman who lights my soul on fire every morning. God bless you. And most of all, I wanna, I wanna thank my father up there, the man who, uh, when I said I wanted to be an actor, he said, wonderful, just have a backup profession like welding. <laughs> thank you. God bless you. None other than Robin Williams there from Goodwill Hunting. Oh, very poignant, obviously, with um with what happens to Robin in the end. Um, but that was obviously his first Academy Award and one that he never expected to um uh be participating in. Of course, this movie, Goodwill Hunting, um, an interesting flick because it was made on a budget of ten million, which is heaps. It brought in two hundred and twenty-five. Wow. Which I've got more. a con- I've I've got a confession. I, I, I've never seen it. You've never what seen it about? What is it? About? What is it about? So this is a um this is a story that uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, as two very These young su- 20 something year olds, wrote back in the day because they couldn't get a gig anywhere in town. Um, they're actors, obviously, so they wrote their own. And you got to give credit, but you know, cred where where it's mm-hmm. true. They wrote their own. They wrote their own job here, and they, um, you know, doors closed on them. They finally managed to. They wrote in the part for Robin, the part for Robin Williams, and I'll, I'll go into what the plot's about shortly. And of course, Robin's got by this stage in '97. He's he's a you know, got star star all over him, and um, I think he'd already been nominated for three Academy Awards before this. He, they wrote the part for him, and. And of course, he won the award the following year. Uh, the story is about a, uh, a so Goodwill Hunting is a play on the name of the, the lead character, um, Will Hunting, and Will is a self-taught genius. But he's How can um, you be a self-taught genius. Yeah, self-taught genius. So he's he's uh, uh, recently been paroled from jail, um, and he's now working as a janitor at MIT. And uh, he spends his free time drinking with his mates. Um, and uh, lo and behold, while one day um, sweeping the floors or mopping the floors, 
at MIT. He um, he solves a very complicated mathematics puzzle challenge up on the blackboard, and the lecturer, the professor, um, is on a bit of a mission to find out who it was. And of course, in the end, they find out it was this janitor, and uh, and sort of uh, they offer him opportunities. What is it? He's about to go into. He's about to go back to jail for more um, getting into trouble. You know, fisty cuffs, stealing stuff, that sort of stuff. And and he uh, he's given a bit of a lifeline by this professor that if you go and spend some time with uh, a mate of mine over in a different part of the university, that's a psychologist. Um, he might help you, and in, in return, you know, um, you'll, you'll avoid going to jail and all that sort of thing. And of course, the psychologist is Robin Williams, uh, and, right? And Will is a bit of a smart ass, and he thinks he's, you know, he, he thinks things about twenty one, twenty two. He he knows life, he knows the world, and and he's given Robin Williams' character quite a hard time. And it's just a bit of an interplay between, um, you know, a genius um, who is cocky as anything matt damon no surprises there and robin williams who's sort of the wise old mentor but that's been battered and bruised in life lost his wife um to cancer all sorts of things so it's a pretty um heavy plot but it's one of the great movies from the 90s i think it's still considered right up there and probably the peak for you know robin williams in many ways i um, mean his career he, he absolutely you know in fact if you go onto youtube and look at the top sort of top 10 dialogues in cinema history. You know, you've got the Jack Jack Nicholson, Tom Cruise exchange in the courtroom. You know, you can't handle the truth. But you've got this this dialogue on the park bench where Ron Williams and Matt Damon are having a conversation. And Matt Damon's been this cheeky, smart-ass shit. And Robin Williams just gives him the most subtle dressing down that they have you in tears, pretty much. It's just... Yeah, phenomenally good, well acted, um, excellent screenplay. Uh, not everyone a cup of tea, Matt Damon, but he does play quite a different character to his um, uh, what do you call it? His born... Matt Damon Rose. born yeah, identity. His, um, yeah, born. born so it's Matt, Matt Damon Rose. It's in got... it's in Team America. Will play. Oh, is that where it's he, tur- he turns up and he's like Matt Damon. <laughs> when he's on set even <laughs> even now when he's on set someone will walk past and they'll go Matt Damon and he just like really he just gives a wry smile and just I goes yeah. right actor. he was in that um that space movie I reviewed a few months back the, the moon one or was it the moon? Mm. Yeah. Martian Martian that's it he's yeah. um I think he's all right he's a right value but check it out guys if you haven't seen it goodwill hunting funny Tell enough I've, yeah it's, it's funny you say that because I I never really got into Robin Williams, you know. I've always found him as an actor. Yeah, I struggle with his stuff, eh, a little bit. Because um, like like it's OTT? Like, like his comedy, but just not really did it as an actor for me. Mm, mm. Interesting. Uh, Ian, what, what movie have you got for us tonight? <laughs> I have got... I didn't have an audio, so uh, forgive me, I'm listeners, tired. but um, here we go. I chose... Um, Tonight was was a real interesting choice for me for many many reasons, but I went for a wicked uh, a wicked movie called The Castle. Ah, oh, Sting. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. The Castle, yeah. Well, lead away, my friend. Lead away. But, I'll go while you're while you're introing it. I'll go away and try and find a cool clip, and I'll play a little bit too. While you get you introduce the Kerrigans. Vibe. Nah, it's just if the you vibe. need to introduce to the Kerrigans. 
My review's really short. It's really That's short. Okay. You can, you it's can a add short to film. it. I will. Yeah. Don't it's, worry. It's uh, called The Castle, and That's it's right, like it a. Is. It's like an old school sort of Australian thing, right? And uh, That's right. It's, yeah. <laughs> your review will be way better than mine. Basically, <laughs> what have I got here? It's a guy uh, just very proud of his house. What, what, what did he like and what did he do? Yeah. And, and uh, well, they live they live near an airport. What did and, they watch um, on the plane? You were so the kid at school who just yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is the best copy everybody else. I'm just about at the end. I'm just about at the end. I'm just about to conclude. Oh no, no, and, so, uh, it's an yeah. Australian movie about a guy. <laughs> lives near an airport, uh, and it's basically a comedy. It's wholesome, and um, yeah, it's like a. <laughs> It's, it's like a, the small guy taking on the big guy. That's all I got. <laughs> that that was quite a, the sort of review quite, Daryl quite, Carrigan quite, would do. Yeah. yeah um, so now you can dad, carry on, Glenn, with a real review. Dad, dad, what? I, I dug a hole. Oh. It's filling up. It's filling up with water. Oh. Right. So this is an, an amazing film. Um, Obviously, Ian introduced it well. Uh, it's about <laughs> it, it's it's about it's about the Kerrigan family of of Melbourne, and they live by a large airport. Now, the Kerrigans are hardworking tow truck family, kind of sort of you know slightly boganish, I suppose. We've got Steve. Steve's in jail, and the rest of the family. Well, they all live there, and and. That his daughter go has just graduated from the TAFE as a hairdresser. Yeah. Um, you know, Sophie Lee makes an appearance. And in fact, actually, this is an amazing film because it has basically the who's who of 90s Australian comedy in it almost. Um, and mm. the legend that is um, Michael Catton is the leader. <clears throat> Daryl Kerrigan, the patriarch of the family. Um, so the airport company are wanting to expand. And they they want to buy up the entire street because um, you know they need the land to expand and build a whole bunch more stuff. And they put the hard word on this little street and thinking they'll be just pushovers and really sort of really do a number on them, undervalue it. Um, and that one and basically it's the government trying to take the land under the Public Works Act. Um, and Daryl fights it. Um, and to help him fight this, he gets all his neighbours together, and they're quite a, a kooky bunch. Um, and initially, you laugh at this family. You think they're just completely bonkers. But then in the end, you're, you're sort of rooting for the family to really, you know, win the case against the government and their bunch of heavies who actually try and um, push them off their land. And, and Daryl makes this great comment. I know how the Aborigines feel now. You know, you can't just go around stealing other people's land. <laughs> it's like, old oh, man. To get some help, he goes to the a local lawyer who's just only does conveyancing, um, Dennis, Dennis Denudo. And Dennis has to do constitutional law. And the guy's shitting himself. And it's just the funniest thing to watch. And, in fact, he stands at the Supreme Court going, yeah, it's Marbo, it's the vibe, it's the Constitution. Yeah, it's it's the vibe. And they lose, but manage to make a friend along the way, and they eventually win the day and take down the government, and they get to live in their street, 
and everything just turns out real good. They get more tow trucks and they do great. This film, as Ian said, is wholesome. It That's is, basically uh, what I said. I know. You guys have missed the most important part. <laughs> David loves this film as well. Jousting what was sticks. the most important part? Jousting oh, sticks. How much did he want for them, David? $60. Oh, tell him he's dreaming. I've got to be it's, worth at least 50, 50 bucks, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Jousting yeah. sticks. Yeah, it's it's littered with so many little jokes. They're dry, but the movie is probably one of the greatest Aussie films ever. About seven hundred and fifty thousand to make, made eleven million, so it's a pretty good return. It just keeps going on in this sort of legend status. Really big here in New Zealand and Australia, obviously. Um, so you will need to track it down if you're overseas to find it. But it is an absolute gem. Uh, and you know what? I think it still stacks up extremely well today. Um, Eric Banner was in it, believe it or not, in an early role. I don't even know whatever happened to him, but he'll always be that guy who married the the girl and he was the kickboxer and they went on a trip to Thailand to do Muay Thai kickboxing. <laughs> and what did they I... watch on the plane? Yeah, that's that was the other thing. So it's just all those little things, all those little things. And every time when someone goes for a ride on a plane, I'm like, oh, so what did you eat? And I'll, <laughs> what? What did you watch? What did you see? What was it like? <laughs> it's just all these dumb shit. My, my cool. favorite quote has to be, has to be, Steve, could you move the Camera? I need to get the Taruna out so I can get to the Commodore. <laughs> and he replies, I'd have to get the keys of the Cortina if I'm going to move the Camera. <laughs> it's just gold. It's just bloody gold. I don't know how they managed to keep a straight face with this stuff, but I think that it's an an endearing nature of the film. I mean, yes, I could have reviewed other films. I did like Contact that came out that year. Um, Mm. But really, when it came down to it, um, yeah, there was a clear winner, and that was The Castle for me, and obviously for you, Ian, as well. Yeah, I've I've had a hectic week. And weekend and so I, I didn't read all the messages my apologies but yeah I think you did I think you did it beautiful mate thanks yeah I'd like to hope yeah. so because I, I really genuinely love this I really love this film um mm. I've watched it like so many times and every time I just smile and it's mm. it's brutal mm. so you had a hectic weekend what did you and Martin get up to tell us more tell us more well we had our first uh we had our first uh, real sort of paid gig together so and we went under the umbrella you got paid yeah <laughs> did I? Uh, 20 bucks <laughs> I got, got, uh, he's dreaming so he's we're working dreaming. under the working under the uh the name superfly which you can find on facebook and superfly is Many things, but this uh, Saturday just gone by. It was a jazz trio, maybe jazz rockabilly kind of trio, was it, Martin? Is that a good description? I would say, yeah, jazz lounge. Stroke. Jazz lounge. There was definitely there was a little yeah. bit of rockabilly swing in that video. There was that, some rockabilly that was swing. Yeah, Martin, you were like yeah. going for it, mate. There was some rockabilly skank going on there as well. Yeah. You know, it was a bit. It was a, 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 a melting pot of various styles. Mm. And mainly because, you know, I was given a set list of 50 songs to learn. 
which I, I diligently worked my way through. And we got to the, the gig and we got through three and then the set list just got thrown away and that was it. And then we just went. What? Yeah, I'm not. I, I don't know. <laughs> so, so we winged it for three, three hours. It was brilliant. It was yeah, beautiful. my set lists are a little bit like my movie reviews. They don't fucking exist. They just <laughs> starts off as a good idea. It just but fades away what, what pretty I will quickly. Say, what I will what say did, what did you was play? a sublime, an absolutely sublime and inspired version of Careless Whisper. Of what? <laughs> of, of what? Of Careless Whisper. Oh, no. Yeah, we did George Michael, Rockabilly style. Yeah. Oh, and man, that's the sort of covers I like. It killed yeah. it. Yeah. Is there any video of this um, there evening? Is. There is. It is being edited as we speak, in fact. Oh, brilliant. Wow. And, will, and, and will this appear on YouTube and on our Facebook channel? It, it may well do. It will also obviously appear on the Superfly official uh, Facebook page. Oh, um, nice. Fabulous. And, uh, yeah. Martin was, was on a... fire. It was. Uh, I had an oh. old, bass, old bass player friend as well, Gary, who stepped in and he was... He was also really enjoying it. They, those two were just smiling all night long. I was trying to get them to concentrate, and they were just having far too much bloody fun. And, um, yeah, it was great, you know, and I've, I always shift the songs around, like Martin said. I'm borderline genius. It's a borderline's a big, <laughs> big word there. What did what David is a small font, what right? Did, what did David describe uh, in Goodwill Hunting? What was it, self-made genius? Self-made genius. Was it a self Self-taught genius. Oh, yeah. there you are. You're like Goodwill Hunting. Absolutely. It's uh, no idea what's going on, but we got to the end of it, which was great. It was such a good night. Really good. It, it was. was a 1930s Gatsby uh, bootleg kind of, um, yeah, that yeah. whole Prohibition stuff. And, and everyone got dressed up. It was Peaky Blinders. It was fantastic. Did mm. the gig. Came back to my pad. Had a nice cheeky Peaky Blinders rum. And a uh, little corridor, and then we had a great time. Brilliant. Yeah, thanks, Martin. It was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, well, it was I, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to um, having a look at this. Um, so, mm. yeah, um, I think there you go, listeners. Stay tuned, eh? And get ready to have a look at what's coming up on that Facebook channel. And yeah. I know Martin said could. I think it will be a should be appearing soon. Why not? It will, will be appearing soon. Will be, will be. That would be that would be goodwill for us all. Good, good will be. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in for this movies um, part of 1997. Thanks everybody. Um, say good night, everyone. Or till next time. See you there. See you there. Good night. Sleep night. tight. Steve is an apprentice mechanic, but he spends most of his time reading the Trading Post. He just loves yeah. buying and trading. Ergonomic chairs, four of them. What do you want? 180. He's dreaming. Dad, 450. For jousting sticks. Tell him he's dreaming. How much is a jousting stick worth, Dad? Well, it couldn't be more than 250. Depending on the condition. Dad, some guy's selling an overhead projector. Nah. Now hang on, Steve. What's he asking? 150. Tell him he's dreaming. Yeah. Dad, what's a pulpit? Where the minister gives his sermon from. How much? 800. Dreaming.